Well, good morning, everyone. Good to uh, be here. Good to be in uh, God's house and good to uh, be worshiping together. The music, um, Jesus, we love you. I mean, that's, it doesn't get any more clear than that. That's what we're about this morning. Well, I want to uh, encourage you to open up your Bibles. We're going to open it up to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. These are some of my favorite verses um, in, uh, uh, in the Bible. I, I just am drawn back to these verses uh, often, and I hope that um, if you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one in the pew in front of you. I do encourage you to bring your Bible. I encourage you to read your Bible every day. It's like food for the soul, and I don't want you guys to starve. So, food for the soul. So, uh, Luke 11, uh, 9 through 13. This is uh, Jesus, and he's teaching about prayer. So, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Those who seek, find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Friends, this is God's word for us today. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us through it. It's an ancient book, Lord. It's 2,000 years old and older. And yet this book is so alive. It's so right there. It meets us right where we are. We read things in it and it seems to jump off the page and apply to us. And so we're grateful for that because we know that it's your word, it's your eternal word, it's that which has been given to us to reveal who you are, who we are, how this world works. And we're just grateful that you share that with us every day. May we be people who read and hear your love letter to us every day in the, in the word of God. Thanks this morning. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in the middle of our uh, What Would Jesus Pray series. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've been using my wristband uh, every day. I don't, I don't know if you've picked up one of these. If you haven't, I totally encourage you out on the uh, Welcome Center, kind of spread all around in the gallery, are a bunch of these wristbands. I find it super helpful. Every single day, I look at it. And I think, what am I supposed to be thinking about today? And this, this whole week after Pastor Kristen preached about um, uh, adoring God is just like saying, wow, wow. Just looking and saying, Lord, you're so awesome. You're so mighty. Uh, this whole week I've been looking at my wristband and going, wow, God, you're, you're great. I need to remember that. I, I'm encouraged when I remember that. So... Um, I encourage you to pick up one of these wristbands and allow that to be a, a tool to help you with your, your prayers. And as uh, Brandon was saying, there's still room in small groups and there's still ways that you can connect uh, really in meaningful ways. 
At the very beginning of um, Luke chapter 11, at, at verse 1, we started at verse 9, but at verse 1 it said this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Well, it's, uh, it's Mother's Day, and I want to brag on my mother. My mother is awesome. She's a great person. And I want you to know that she makes the greatest apple pie ever. It's really, really, really good. The apples and the sugar and the spices all in the inside just kind of melts together in a really powerful, wonderful way that it's just sort of dripping with taste and it's wonderful. But it's not even that, it's the crust. My mom is the crust master. She knows how to do it. She's like, Bill, there's a very specific way. I only use Crisco. She's got like this whole thing down. Extremely small amounts of only ice cold water and minimal kneading of the dough. Don't touch the dough. I've heard that so many. Don't touch the dough. Protecting the edges with tin foil. Uh, just, you know, exactly how long to, to bake it. Everything comes out flaky and, and, and perfect, and it just absolutely melts in your mouth. It's really, really good. It's so good that when I was a teacher, I said, Mom, teach me. When I was a teenager, sorry. When I was a teenager, I said, Mom, teach me how to make a pie. Teach me how to make a pie. This is worth it. Now, I want you to know I hate cooking. But it was so good that it was worth it to, to learn how to make a pie. It's very interesting. After I got married, it wasn't long before Kristen was saying, uh, Mom, teach me how to make that pie as well. And I was saying, Kristen, ask her, ask her. Uh, one of uh, my nephews uh, goes to Houghton College, and he stops by and sometimes stays overnight uh, in my mom's house uh, often. He's totally into it now. I, I called him a couple uh, months ago. What are you doing? Uh, Grandma's teaching me how to make a pie. <laughs> Why? Because I asked her. Okay. When something is great, when something is amazing, when something is totally worth it, People want to learn how to do it. People want to welcome that into their lives. And that's exactly what was happening with Jesus and his disciples. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. That is a great prayer, by the way. I challenge you to just say that every single day. Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. When something is this awesome, we want to know how to do that. We want a piece of that. It looks so good that we don't want to live without it. It looks worthwhile. It's making a difference for good. Friends, there is deep, deep power in prayer. And today we're looking at the fact that Prayer makes a difference, that it's worth it. And so we're, going to, we're continuing to look at how Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. We can ask 
God for things. This is one of the things that he taught us. It makes a difference. This is uh, the idea of petition, asking God for help. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, doesn't God already know our needs? Yeah, of course. He knows exactly what we need. He's completely all-knowing. But that doesn't mean that it's not significantly meaningful to ask him. When we ask God, it reminds us who really is able to supply the needs. It's, it reorients us to be reminded, okay, who's really in charge? But even more than that, when we ask God, it's, it's not so much an information issue, it's a relationship issue. Kristen was um, talking to me about this the other day. She said, um, it's like kids. They always need food. They just do. Every day, you know they're going to need some more food. And yet, she said, I get a certain pleasure out of saying, what would you like for lunch? What would you like for lunch? Because she could just kind of make whatever, you know, the, the, the bare minimum. But isn't it? Isn't it more satisfying to say, oh, this person really would like this particular thing? And so if that's within the bounds of reason, you know, if it's not like, I want filet mignon for lunch. Well, yeah, so do I, but it's not going to happen, kid. No, no, if it's, if it's something within the bounds of reason, you know, I'd like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich rather than a tuna sandwich. Okay, cool, I'll make that for you. And there's this joy that comes from that. And there's this relationship that comes from that. And that's what God is doing with us when we ask him. He already knows you're hungry, you need some food. He even knows that you'd prefer peanut butter and jelly over tuna, but when you share that with him and he's able to supply whatever that is in your life, what a gift, what a beautiful thing. It's, it's more of a relationship thing than anything else. God like a good mother, enjoys saying, what do you need? I can help you with that. Some folks um, sort of uh, wonder, I think, uh, my prayer life is nothing but asking. You're saying, Pastor Bill, it's okay to ask God for things, but it's, it's, I feel like that's all I do. I just ask God for stuff. That's the totality of my prayer life. And I want you to, to know, obviously, there's nothing wrong with asking God for stuff, but, but you don't want to go to the extreme where it becomes the only thing. It's not the only part of prayer. That's why we're studying Jesus' uh, prayer that he teaches, the Lord's Prayer, that helps us uh, become more well-rounded. It's not that we come and just ask, ask, ask. That's like a little kid who, uh, you know, just, I want it, I want it. You know, after a while, yeah. By the way, great parenting tip. I don't understand whining. I don't understand that, that. No, you'll have to say it in a normal tone of voice. Wow, that one worked really well. Just so you know. Um, I sometimes find myself doing this, this asking, asking. Like when I'm really tired or I'm really stressed, I'm just like, God, help, help. God, help with this, help with that. Help with this, help with that. Now, that's good that I'm asking, but 
I have sometimes gotten out of whack. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to the God of the universe. I'm talking to the most amazing being ever. I, I don't have to talk to him like, like, oh, I hope this happens. I can talk to him and say, Lord, I need your help. But first of all, I'm just going to be reminded, you're awesome. You're awesome. That's why sort of a more holistic prayer is better. It kind of reminds you who you're talking to. It reminds you of the bigger picture. God, thank you so much. And then, oh, yeah, and I, I pray you'll forgive me. And, and you know my needs, but I'm just going to list them. And that, that comes out uh, a little bit more health, in a healthy way that way. So uh, the extreme of just, I only ask God for things. No, I mean, the, you want it to be more holistic. But I have talked with folks who genuinely have said to me, I never ask God for stuff for myself. I never ask God to help me. And uh, I, I just, I want you to know, I, I understand. Some folks are there because they're humble. They say, I, I'm not, I don't want to, uh, you know, be pushy. Uh, maybe sometimes there's a, there's a I'm not good enough feeling in that. And I just want you to know, friends, it's not true. It's not true. In fact, uh, um, in reality, that's a misguided. That's too far in the other direction. Yes, it's appropriate for you to pray for other people, to ask God for other things. But it's also appropriate for you to pray for yourself. You can pray for yourself. You, you want to know why? Because, first of all, Jesus modeled it. He prayed for himself. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays to God for himself, for help, for grace. He prays for wisdom in making decisions as to who his disciples will be. He spends 40 days and 40 nights in the desert at the beginning of his ministry, focusing on God and preparing himself for ministry. He prays for himself, but he also tells us that we can pray for ourselves as well. That's what is in this passage today. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. I, 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 I've, I feel like I've said this a hundred times. I just... Every time I read this passage, I'm just reminded of how much I'm tempted to think it's not true and how much Jesus understands that, and that's why he repeats it. He says, ask. He doesn't just say ask. You should just ask. He says, ask, and you'll receive. Oh, whoa, reinforcement. He says, seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. And then, because he knows we're going, eh, not really sure, he says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door is open. He's essentially saying it four times on each one of those. He's just pounding at home. It's okay to ask. And God cares. And, they, and, and he says, uh, he gives this great example, you know, you human parents... If your kid asks you for an egg, do you just, are you like, oh, you want an egg, honey? Here's a snake, you know, in your face. We don't do that. We don't do that. Or, you know, I'd like a piece of bread. Oh, you want a piece of bread? How about a scorpion? You know, we don't do that. We know how awful that would be. And he's saying, look, <clears throat> you're all messed up, okay? Just so you know, people, people out there, 
including Bill, we're all messed up. And he says, and even though you're all messed up, you don't do that. So if God, who's not messed up, if, if you who are don't do that, then God, how much more will God, who's not messed up, give good gifts, good gifts, including the Holy Spirit, to anyone who asks? He's, he's painting for us a picture of a loving, generous, kind God who is genuinely interested in giving graciously and generously for our needs. Um, sometimes, um, if you look at that, that, that word, ask, seek, knock, those words are in the Greek. They're in the present continuous t- uh, tense, which you, I, I know I've already lost you. Hey, I'll, I'll, gain, I'll get you back. What it means is this. It means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. So if you think about it, he's saying, the way the word is, he's saying, ask and keep on asking and you will receive. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened into you. Because everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. Everyone who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. Everyone who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door is opened into you. He's, he knows that we need reinforcement. And he's saying, it's true, it's true, it's true, it's true. And how great is God? He loves you. He wants you to ask. I, um, I remember back when I was um, uh, in my sophomore year in college, and uh, I was broke. I just want you to know that. I was broke. I had, like, no money. And I really, really felt this urgency to go on a missions trip that summer between my sophomore and junior year. And I, 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 it, logically, you would have said, ah, you should stay home and earn some money. But in my prayer life, I felt like God was pushing me there. And so I just started to pray. I was like, God, if you want that to happen, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that over to you. And I prayed and I prayed and I checked out all these different mission agencies. I, I, I wrote, this is like pre-internet, okay? So I wrote to these places and they sent me brochures. And I looked and I prayed. And none of them, none of them were, was what I was looking for. I just, I could never find anything. And then one day, a friend of mine, Greg, came, uh, uh, he, he came to chapel and he spoke. He, um, he, he was a college student, he was already there. But he testified in chapel about, how he had spent the summer before smuggling Bibles into communist China. Now, any of you who know me know that, like, when the risk goes up, I'm like, oh, yeah. And so, like, you know, all the brochures that were like, you know, poor foundations for houses. I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, you know. And then the ones that were like, build roofs on houses. I was like, okay, okay, that's cooler, because it's up high, you know. And then, all right, but still, uh, would you like to smuggle Bibles into communist China? Yes! I am there. That just, that just like spoke to me. I was like, yes! And, and, and God just kind of opened up those, those doors. I'm like, I want to do that. I really want to do that. How much will it cost? $2,300. What? That was an insurmountable goal. The, the other goal, this was 1987, okay? Some of you young people are like, I wasn't even born. I know, I know you weren't even born in 1987. Okay, anyway, the, uh, 
it was insurmountable. I mean, I was looking at missions trips that, oh, yeah, this will cost you a thousand bucks for the summer. Two thousand three hundred dollars. I just prayed. I just prayed. And I, I wrote a, a prayer letter and I sent it to my relatives and my friends and I let people know in my church, that kind of thing. And I just prayed. You know, I, I came to the first deadline and the first deadline was you have to have a certain amount of money before you buy the plane ticket. And I had just enough money to buy the plane ticket. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to risk it. So I bought the plane ticket and kept on praying, kept on going. In the end, God sent me $2,700. $400 more than what I, I had needed. And that ended up being a wonderful blessing to me because um, the, the, the year before I had blown out my... Um, my knee, I had had to have uh, reconstru- uh, uh, reconstructing my um, ACL, my anterior cruciate ligament. And, and it, was, it was a knee that needed to constant lifting. I needed to um, be in the gym and lifting for it to increase hamstring strength and quad strength and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, I'm just going to not be able to do that while I was in, uh, in, in Hong Kong taking Bibles into China. Not true. God sent me $2,700, not $2,300. And with the extra money, I went down to Gold's Gym of Mungkok. <laughs> and I walked in, and they're like, hey, you want to lift? You know? And I'm like, yes. And, and, and uh, there were these big guys there. I have a picture. I, I searched for this picture. I couldn't find it. I'm going to search deeper deeper into the boxes, shall we say. And if I find it, I'm going to put it on Facebook, okay? So friend me if you're not my friend on Facebook. And, um, but Simon and Daniel, these big guys, they're like, you want to lift, right, for like your arms? I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm here to lift for my legs. They're like, you're so weird. But, but it was such a gift. It was such a gift. It wasn't just that God met my prayers that, that I was able to go and... and uh, be a part of that mission, but also that I got to still lift for my leg. It was like God supplied my need and was abundant. Now, he didn't give me $3,700 so I could, you know, eat steak from filet mignon or whatever every night. That didn't happen, but he gave a a gracious amount beyond, and it, it really was a powerful thing. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. I would have told you at the beginning of that year, there's no way. I mean, I'm praying for it, but I just don't know. God opened that door. In the um, prayer course that we're we're doing, one of the teachers' names is uh, Pete Grieg. And um, he has this great little saying, and I think it's so, so good. Keep it simple keep it real, and keep it up. That is so great for prayer. I encourage, just write that down on your bulletin. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. That is a great approach to prayer. Just think about keeping it simple. It, it, it doesn't mean that you have to just say, you know, Lord, if you're trying to go on a mission trip, send me on the mission trip. It means in a sense, just, just simply think about it step by step. God, um, help me write this letter. <laughs> help me uh, connect with the right people. 
Just simple prayers. I, I was thinking about this like somebody was maybe if you needed a new job. You, you just break it down into simple little steps. Lord, help me to know exactly what would be really good for me. And give me courage this week, today, to just look around. And Lord, I pray that I'll have a little bit of time off in my current job so I could interview. Or God, help me to write that resume. I hate writing resumes. Help me to make that resume. That's just a simple prayer. Just Lord, help me with each one of these steps. Help me connect with the right person today or tomorrow or sometime who will connect me to the right job. It's just keep it simple. Just simple little steps. Kind of break it down into little steps. Nothing fancy. Just simple stuff. And keep it real. Keep it real. No need for flowery words. You don't need to suddenly take on Shakespearean English in order to successfully communicate with God. You can just say you instead of thou and things like that. You, and don't lie to God. It doesn't work out well. Don't, don't tell him how happy you are to pray today when you're hating it. Instead, say, God, I, I hate this. I hate this. I'm bored with this. I'm overwhelmed with this. I'm just being real with you. Just, it's okay to be honest with God, like brutally honest. That, that's, I, I do this all the time. Lord, I'm supposed to be so happy for this. In reality, I'm finding it highly annoying. And I'm just telling you, because I know you understand. And I know I'm allowed to be real with you. God is the one person you can be so brutally real with. And there is absolutely a huge freedom there to, to tell him what you're really thinking. What you really think about that other person. What you really think about this situation in life. What you're really tempted by. Lord, I am tempted by that. I'm tempted by these very specific things. You know it. Please help me out. God can do that. He's, he's, he's a great person to, to, to be real with. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And keep it up. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And any little system that you can devise that will help you just keep on coming back to it day after day is incredibly meaningful. I'm finding this orange wristband incredibly meaningful. I was going to call it a bracelet, and then I'm like, I don't, I'm a guy, I don't wear bracelets. But I would wear a wristband. So women, they're beautiful bracelets, they're orange. Men, very manly wristbands out there for you. It's a, it's a helpful little system. I have a friend named Matt. He uses three-by-five cards. He's like, my, my, my asking of God for help is on three-by-five cards. He just has them, and he writes things down, and he just shuffles through his cards. That's his little system. Some people use a prayer journal. They write things down, and then they go back and look. And, and every time God has answered a prayer, they check that off, and they go, yes, look at this. This is so encouraging. Some people use post-it notes. I love post-it notes. Someday, come and look at my desk, and you will understand why I love post-it notes. It's like the information is available right in front of you. Maybe you need a post-it note on your bathroom mirror. There you are, 
in all your glory first thing in the morning. And if that is shocking and scary to you, there's still a post-it note on the mirror to remind you to pray for something and God is listening to you. Um, our, our district superintendent, Sherry Rood, she puts a post-it note on her cell phone. You know how annoying that is? She does it because it's annoying. Wait, there's a post-it note on my phone. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray. I got to use my phone. Oh, there's this really annoying post-it note. Oh, I guess I'll pray. It's, it's brilliant. Annoy yourself. Anything that can get your attention and be a little system, it doesn't matter what it is, find your little system that works and keep it up. Keep praying. I prayed for my kids for years. I, I, I prayed this prayer. Lord, please help them come to know you, to love you, to follow you, Lord Jesus, to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Please help them to decide to make that decision. I, I want you to know I had the privilege of praying with each one of my kids that prayer. Uh, when I uh, prayed it with Emily, um, she said, can we go down to the the church, we, we lived in Arkport at that time. Can we go down to the church and pray at the altar? She was like four years old. Can we pray at the altar? Three or four, I don't even remember. I'm like, sure. So we go down, and for her it was huge to pray. at the Katie, out of the blue, she didn't know anything. She asked me the exact same thing. Can we pray? When I said, Katie, do, have you ever really invited Christ into your life? And she's like, no, but can I do it at the altar? I was like, okay. And, and, and for Will, he was just sitting in bed and says, I want to ask Jesus into my life. You do? Right here? We're like, we don't have to go down to the altar. <laughs> and it was good. It was good. It was, it was, it was, that was an answer to prayer. I've prayed that for years. Keep it up. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And just keep it up. Is there something you've been afraid to ask God for? <laughs> Or is there something that you've asked God for in the past and you've just given up? Or is there something that God is offering to you? Ask me, ask me. And you're like, I don't think I want to ask for that, God. Is there some way that it's become too complicated or kind of fake or you've given up? Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do immeasurably more than we ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I have argued with God about this verse. I have said to God, I can imagine a lot. A lot. I can imagine thousands of people coming to Christ. I can imagine all sorts of things, God, and I'm going to ask it. And, and, and how can you say you can do more then I ask or imagine, and then I'm like, okay, I'm not allowed to say that, so I'm not going to say that. But I want to say that. Well, I want you to know that every once in a while, God blows me out of the water, and this week, God completely blew me out of the water. I got an email from uh, a friend of mine. Her name is Melinda. And I know that she sometimes listens uh, online to our sermon. So Melinda, if you're listening to me, you blew me out of the water this week. Your email was so amazing. And Melinda... Melinda was um, a young girl, maybe, I don't know, 17, 18 years old, very young, when she walked in to an Alpha course uh, when, uh, about 20 years ago, 
when I was a, a young pastor in uh, Arkport, New York. We had, we had just put this little sign out on the sidewalk. We had sort of advertised around and stuff. But she didn't know any of that. She and a friend were just walking down the sidewalk in Arkport, New York. Who does that? There's like, no, there's nothing going on. So it's a wonderful place. I loved it. But there's not really a place where you walk down the sidewalk and hang out. And she was just walking down the sidewalk and saw the sign and came in. And she, she said in her, her letter, she described herself. She said, Pastor Bill, you remember me? I was a sarcastic, disrespectful atheist. And I, I sat, she said, I, you know, I sat in those, those, uh, those meals and we, we talked about stuff. And, and she said, you were, you were nice to me. You let me ask these questions or whatever. Well, praise the Lord. It was fun. It was so much fun to have a person who was seeking. But I didn't know what God was going to do with her life. And when it was over, she had, uh, she had started coming to church. I wasn't really kind of sure where she was. and She sort of disappeared. A couple of years later, she showed up with this nice guy named Neil. And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I want to get married to Neil. And uh, he's a Christian. And, and I, I thought, oh, this is wonderful, these you know, these young kids, and I hope this works out. And, and so, I mean, I had the privilege of performing their wedding ceremony, and, and, and I just remember thinking, this is really beautiful, but I hope it works. They're so young. What will happen? There's so many uh, dynamics that are sort of not necessarily working in their favor to draw them close to Christ. So over the years, God would bring them to mind, and I'd just be like, God, just, just help Melinda. Help Neil, just, you know, I, I didn't know what I was praying for. It would just be, she sends me an email this week. And she, first of all, the email comes with this picture. And there she is, just as beautiful as she was. Neil, such a good looking guy. Five children. And they're all just like gather around and just kind of glowing. And she writes me and she says, Pastor Bill, I want you to know that I am headed to Ghana as a missionary to help plant churches with a, with a Baptist denomination there. I, I, my life is transformed and changed. I, I mean, she had, she had blue hair. <laughs> and and it, was, it was awesome. I was just, I was so thrilled. I called up the woman who had worked closely with me during the Alpha course when we were uh, in Arkport, I called her up and I said, remember, remember Melinda and her friend, you remember? Remember them? I just got this amazing letter from him. Like all that work you put in, the transformed lives, and not only her life transformed, but her five children. Her five children are growing up in a family where God is number one. And just think, any fruit that comes from that church plant in Ghana, anything is a direct result of the faithfulness of uh, this woman who helped serve uh, uh, meals week after week at Alpha. It's a direct result of the faithfulness of prayer. But keep it up. Because God does amazing, amazing things. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up, friends. Mothers, some mothers out there are saying, I'm not sure about where my kids are. Keep it up. Keep praying. God is real. And he's a generous giver. Let's uh, end today with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And that is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.